Welcome to the Hammer Lane, a private podcast dedicated to the employees of Enterprise Transportation. Your host and Vice President of Trucking, Casey Teague, will cover topics that are important to you, our favorite employee. Posted once a month, we hope you find this podcast informative and somewhat entertaining. From interviews answering your questions, we'll try and cover all that's relevant to our business. If you have questions you'd like addressed, email them to thehammerlane at eprod.com. That is, again, thehammerlane at eprod.com. Now, let's get into the show. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Hammer Lane. This is episode three, and we've got a number of topics we're going to cover today. This episode is going to be more of an update um, what's what's happening in the world of enterprise transportation? I hope you find this uh, this format useful, um, and I do want to remind everybody: if you have questions, uh, feel free. Uh, all questions are on the table. Uh, just email them to thehammerlane at eprod.com. That's e p r o d dot com. So far, we really haven't had uh, many emails, so make sure you. You have everything spelled right, thehammerlane at eprod.com. If you're curious about what's going on in the world of enterprise transportation, send us a note, and we'll get it to the right people, um, and uh, hopefully we can get you, get you an answer either on the air or we'll, we'll respond back to your email. So like I said, uh, today we're going to cover uh, a few topics as an update. We're going to talk about trucks, new trucks specifically, and I got uh, Chad Woods and uh, a gentleman by the name of Gerald Coleman is uh, joining us from uh, Rush um, uh, Enterprises. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about tablets, uh, the Android tablets that are in your trucks, as well as enterprise email accounts. And those two things are tied together. We're going to talk to Chad Van Allen about that. Um, a little bit about the Enterprise Relief Fund, which I know some of you guys are familiar with. Um, and then we'll touch a little bit on the spot bonus program, and I, I hope to uh, be able to uh, give you a list of names of those that uh, have done great, great jobs and earned a spot bonus. So with that, we're going to get in the first topic. First topic is all about trucks. So I've got two gentlemen that are going to help us with this one. Uh, Chad uh, Woods, y'all all know him as the Senior Director for Trucking Operations, and you may or may not know Gerald Coleman. Gerald has uh, worked with us uh, for a number of years now, and he is our account manager over at Rush Enterprises, where we happen to be purchasing trucks, um, at least while the price is right. Right, Gerald? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So first, I know everybody, uh, Chad has gotten in front of everybody um, at some point, probably several times, but I wanted to give him just a, a minute to kind of introduce himself. So, Chad, why don't you say a few words? All right, well, welcome to the Hammer Lane. Yeah, I'm Chad Woods. I've uh, been with Enterprise for 19 years. Uh, you guys have seen me out and about the safety meetings, traveling around. always have a little bit of something to talk to you all about. But uh, it's good to be here, and I hope everybody's enjoying the Hammer Lane. All right. Thanks, Chad. And, Gerald, why don't, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself, your background, and um, – yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, I've been with Rush doing uh, fleet sales for about 22 years. Uh, for about five years prior to that, I was um, managing different dealerships for Mack Kenworth dealerships. So been in the transportation business uh, a while myself, uh, focusing primarily on uh, fleet accounts for the last 20-plus years. How, how long have we been 
working with you, Gerald? Uh, I sold you guys first group of trucks in 12, so approximately 10 years ago. Okay. Not too bad. Well, I've been here for most of that. I got here in 15, so... Um, we're going to talk a little bit about trucks and how we purchased them, how we do it now. And, and Chad is going to give us a little bit because we've really kind of, there's been a, a metamorphosis in the way we purchase trucks. Um, so Chad, uh, I felt like it was, uh, it would be a good idea to kind of brush up on how we've done business in the past. righty, with that, you know, I know over the past several years, it seems like, you know, we get a, a tranche of chuck, trucks that come in. You know, we might purchase 50 here, 75 here, and you, you go back and you look at 2018, we made a, a rather large purchase of 285 uh, different trucks back in, in 2018, mainly for the crude world. A lot of that had to do with, we had in 2014, had 190 uh, trucks that were uh, lemons, and they were classified by lemons through international and you know, in order for us to be able to replace all those units, we had to make another deal with International uh, to replace the 190 that we had purchased in 13 and 14. But as we've looked at things over the past, we always made a decision to, uh, based on maintenance on the cents per mile, if we had a unit of trucks that were costing us, you know, somewhere in the upward range of 25 cents a mile to operate up and down the road each month, then we made that decision to take that slot of trucks and replace them. And I know it, it becomes a challenge over the years as we, you know, we don't have a set number or a solid number. We don't have a set replacement plan. And over the last, uh, this last year, we sat down in the uh, profit review or the, the uh, budget review meeting and had pitched uh, the, unit, the, the plan to just do reciprocal purchases each year and get everything on a life cycle replacement plan. And they liked it in the uh, budget plan for 2022 and asked that we put a presentation together, get in front of them. Uh, so we did that. Uh, we made the decision, uh, I believe it was in December of 2021, to get on a cyclical purchase plan. With that purchase plan, uh, we, uh, we're going to replace 25% of the crude trucks every year, and we're going to replace 20%. No, I take that yeah, back. Yeah, it's 20, 20 and 15. 20 and 15. We're going to do 20% of the crude trucks every year and 15% of the LPG trucks every year. So what that looks like for, for all of y'all that are out there listening, we're going to end up replacing about 50 crude trucks annually, and then we're going to turn around and replace about 20 to 25 of the LPG units annually. Yep. This year we put our purchase in for 75 units, 25 of those in which are going to be for the LPG side, and 50 of those units will be for the crude side. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned um, maintenance cost uh, is 25 cents a mile. And, and for those that are not in the know, I know some of you guys know this, but our 20, what, 13 and 14 model internationals, um, I, I think we started measuring those in dollars per mile at some point. Yes, we had some of those even up to the point, I believe, over $3 a mile just to move them up and down the road. So this, this is no kidding, Gerald. I don't know if we ever talked to you about this, but this, and this is not an isolated case. We had several of those day cab internationals that over an annualized period, over a, a year's period, um, cost over $30,000 just to keep on the road, and that did not include any um any uh, wreck repairs damage repairs yeah, it's just maintenance keeping that joker running yeah, pretty extensive and you know on a typical truck that we run in our service we're running anywhere between 60 and 100,000 miles a year and those trucks there were some of them that even when we got rid of them still didn't have 200,000 miles on them yeah I, 
Yeah, we tried to sell them to Gerald, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to buy them. I just couldn't quite get there. Luckily, uh, International stepped up to the table to help y'all get out of those because of the lemon factor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank goodness. So um, we have been uh, – and everybody knows my, my background is, is uh, military service, and we kind of we value uniformity. And so we're trying to get to one brand, and we've been uh, dealing with um, – with uh, Gerald at uh, Rush to buy these Peterbilts. And I really like the, the look and style of the 389. It's that classic truck. Um, but unfortunately, we're not going to be able to buy those too much longer. So talk about what, what we're getting next, Chad. The next trucks that we're going to come up with, and Gerald, feel free to jump in if I miss anything on this, but it's going to be the Model 567. Uh, we made the decision to do that because Peterbilt has put an end to service life on the 389 uh, sometime in the future. So we took that opportunity to make the decision to go ahead and transition now. And the benefits that it provides for the drivers is you have the wider cab. I know that was always one of the complaints that we'd received out of the 389. The looks were always good. Everybody liked the classic look, but the cab was so narrow. Uh, going with the 567, it's going to give us that similar look. Uh, you're not going to have near as tall of a hood, straight hood, as, as the 389, but uh, you do get the wider cab, a lot more space for the driver and passenger, and that's a good benefit for those of you that are out there training. Uh, give you a little more room to work with in the cab, and uh, it's going to come with the same severe duty uh, type of unit. And uh, a lot of you guys see these 380 or three or 567 trucks out there on the road. Uh, you know, several of our competitors uh, run these type of trucks, and uh, it's, it's really proven to be a good, solid oil field service truck. Yeah, and they do they do have that kind of classic look. Yes. They, it's about the closest thing to the 389 that I've seen. Um, Gerald, what... So what is... what What's driving the decision to, to suspend that, the 389? So, so Peterbilt has... Um, named end of life for that 389 for December of 2023. So that little bit narrower uh, cab, 1.9 meters, what they call it, we've ran it for multiple years. Uh, it is going to be um, replaced completely December of 2023. They will be coming out with a, what they call a 589 uh, beginning first quarter of 2024. And I think we don't. We, they haven't. They we haven't actually, revealed it yet. Well, um, we we looked been, at that truck, didn't we? Were considering it, and and I, if I remember correctly, Gerald, you said, "Hey, I don't know. That's the first year that truck's coming out. You probably don't want to buy that first year." And we haven't. Yeah, exactly. So we haven't seen it. What we do know is it will be the exact same cab as currently in our five seventy nine and five sixty seven product. It'll be a little bit different hood. But by going ahead now and switching to the 567 with the set forward axle, which is that classic look that you, you currently are purchasing with the 389, um, you know what you're getting. And that hood is a 121 bumper to back of cab. Your existing 389 trucks are a 123 bumper to back of cab. So proportionally, the yeah, truck is still going to have that, that great look. Uh-huh. Yeah, and with, with these new trucks, what kind of delivery delivery schedule are we looking at? Uh, for the order that's coming in this year? Yeah, yeah, this most recent purchase. Uh, they, they're, they're slated for fourth quarter. I mean, you guys have had them, on, had them on order for quite a few months. I mean, it used to be the we could 
receive an order and deliver your trucks in 60 to 85 days and that with the supply chain demands and everything that's more about a nine month lead time which you guys have already been ahead of the curve on that fortunately so yeah. this, this coming order should be a fourth quarter build schedule and i think uh are we still on track we're going to take a look at a pilot maybe in uh in august yes sir it is scheduled to go down line um early August, which is just coming up here in a few weeks. Um, and that way you can review the both the crude and the, the LP trucks to make any final changes that you might need to make to Yeah. No, I, I always the, enjoy going existing up there. Order. It's always a lot of fun to go up there. Oh yeah. And I know also and for those of y'all that are interested in the LPG world, I know one of the benefits that we also saw with the 567 that, that truly going to help you all out there on the road is is we had the availability by switching to the 567 to get the 12-speed Eaton transmission. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I know that was one of the things that we really wanted and worked with Gerald and the entire Peterbilt staff to get that in the 389s, and we could never make that work. So you're going to be able to see a lot better acceleration capabilities, a lot better ability to maintain and tow and power once we get that 12-speed transmission out there. We, we might be able to get Lincoln Spell out of, uh, out of his freight liner. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Last time I saw him, he was, he was complaining about takeoff in that freight liner. Um, you know what I thought was interesting, Gerald? We've talked a little bit about um, uh, how the, the economic downturn and, and the COVID lockdown affected manufacturing. I thought it was really interesting. Talk to us a little bit about uh, some, some of that stuff, particularly um, how Peterbilt um, and they're manufactured up in Denton here in Texas, guys, um, how they would uh, run a truck down the line and it would sit outside unfinished for quite some time. Sure, sure. Uh, Pre-COVID build rates, we were hitting that 165, 170 truck a day on a six-day build week um, target and consistently you know, bringing trucks through the whole process from placing the order to receiving the truck of being about 85 total days, two and a half months or so, um, to at the, at the worst point of the supply chain issues in COVID, we got down to only about 80 trucks a day on a three-day work week. So, uh, you know, dramatically changing from 13, 1400 trucks a week down to as little as 300 trucks a week. And even, um, having some trucks not even coming off the line completely finished even at that point just because we couldn't get every widget that we had always gotten in the past and trying to resource where things were coming from at the last minute was it was a super uh, it was a big challenge yeah and how, so how many unfinished trucks at the highest point did y'all have just parked so at any given time during the heyday of covid um there could be there was upwards of seven thousand on a fluctuating time. I mean, oh depending on what it might be, we could have been having some Bendix ABS module issues, and you know that might hit us, and it be a wave of affecting more trucks than a bumper issue that might have been hitting another model truck that we had. But yeah, at one time we had seven thousand plus trucks that we're aware of stored all across the DFW area at multiple sites, which in itself made it really challenging to 
pick up that ABS module after a truck is 99% built and then go find the truck at this particular storage facility, <laughs> get it manually put in. Um, yeah, it was, it was a challenge. Yeah, so. that's, that's a mess. Thank goodness. I think we're past that at this point, right? Pretty much. You know, we still have a, a few things. Fortunately, they've got a good enough handle on it that they don't jump up on us on a week notice. Um, we're able to pretty confidently secure parts a couple months out. So if there is going to be a concern with an axle provider or uh, ABS module provider, it's given us a little bit of time to make some changes uh, in that process or move that truck out so we don't have to partially build it and have it sitting on a back row somewhere waiting for a part to come in. Sure. Okay. And uh, you know, let's, I didn't get into this yet. The, um, so we made our order uh, first quarter of this year, January, February timeframe, and uh, it's due for delivery fourth quarter. So not, not too horrible. Eight, nine months. Right. Yep. Um, what about uh, talk to us about uh, trucks that uh, what would you call them? The ones that are on the lot. Our stock truck program? Stop, yeah, stock so trucks. Just, just in Houston alone, we would normally stock at any given time pre-COVID 150 to upwards of 200 units on the ground at any given time from medium duty to heavy duty with the by and large bulk of that being heavy duty trucks, um, similar to what you might run. Um, I haven't had a stock truck to sell to someone that might walk in needing a truck since um, April of last year. Wow. And we don't foresee with the supply and demand issue of all of our orders right now taken for so many months in advance and the order still coming in. We don't see having trucks on our yard that um, a customer could just walk in and purchase probably until first quarter of 2024. So those, those guys that are considering, Hey, I might want to buy my own truck and sign on as an owner operator somewhere. How has that affected those guys? Chad, you well, oh, wow. They, they don't have the ability to, most of the time, they get that opportunity to sign on. Well, then they would go buy a truck. Well, they don't have that luxury now. You pretty much have to buy a truck nine months ahead. And, and most owner, owner operators, they can't roll the dice like that. Um, yeah. Ordering a truck and committing to it without even having a job. Uh, and then, unfortunately, people have to be a little uh, flexible. Where even we can tell you tentatively, we can give you a, a a bill slot that's nine months out, but unfortunately, depending on the spec or what might be happening in the environment at the time, that may change to come. It may come forward a month, but it could go out two months. You just it's it's really hard right now. So the owner operator that tries to order equipment um, for a particular job that might jump jump up for them, it's it's really hard. Yeah, and I know, and that's what we've seen several drivers that had made the transition over to become owner-operators, and, and I think their big thing is is they're buying used trucks. And, Gerald, you can probably speak to that better than anybody, but the, the used truck prices have just gone through the roof over the last, you know, 12 to 24 months. Oh, correct. You can, if you had a, if you see a used truck that is less than a year and a half old and 100,000 miles, it's actually more than ordering and purchasing a new truck. And that's just as simple as someone can at least buy that truck right now and put it to work 
um, and they're they're paying a premium that we've never seen in this industry before. Um, yeah, that's, it, it's it's crazy. That is crazy. There's a lot of things like that. Um, so you know, back to our trucks. You know, what we didn't talk about or discuss is the engine. So the transmission's changing. We're going to the 12 speed. 12 speed on the uh, LPG trucks. We're going to maintain the 10 speed uh, with the crew trucks. Okay. Uh, stay with that 10 speed standard. Uh, running the uh, X15 Cummins. Isn't that correct, Gerald? Yes, sir. Yeah, X15 Cummins in both of them. You know, we've that Cummins motor. Uh, we've been running those pretty consistently in in most of our units uh, since back in 2000. 11 12 time frame uh, we've had a lot of good luck with that cummins motor uh throughout the years uh no we have we do have a few of them out there i believe the Freightliners are one of them that's running the detroit motors in those now yeah. uh but you know as we continue to transition and and these trucks that we do have coming in that's the ones that the, the Freightliners, the 2015 model Freightliners are the ones that are slated to uh be replaced with this new truck order coming in this year uh, that's going to continue to get us not only in line with the you know the same type of truck running throughout the fleet, but we're going to have pretty close to the same type of motor. I think the only only thing left out there will be the 17 Freightliners that have something other than that X15 Cummins motor in it. So. Okay, cool. Let's let's talk a little bit, and I think what we're going to end up doing is uh, breaking this into probably two parts because we're going a little bit long. But let's talk. We hadn't talked about amenities. Um, I know we had talked about, are we getting CBs in the trucks now? Yes, these will all be upfitted with uh, Cobra 29 LTD CBs in them uh, from the factory. Uh, Gerald's team will have those installed. Uh, and also another one of the amenities on these uh, will be refrigerators. And uh, we're going to have refrigerators and power inverters uh, in the LPG trucks. Uh, I believe it's like a 3.2 cubic foot refrigerator in the full-size sleepers, right, Gerald? Uh, 1.9 1. is 9. our factory okay. um, for your LP trucks. Your 1.9 is our factory standard, what we would consider what what drivers would have seen for years. Uh, the normal full-size refrigerator that would come from the NOEM is in your LP trucks. And even in the crude, there will be a small 0. 0.9 um, cooler um, that is – that could be used without ice to cool a fair amount of product for them, for the drivers. Yeah, definitely be able to keep some drinks in there and be able to keep your lunch in there for the day when you're running out there. I think y'all snuck that in because I wasn't aware of that one. (laughs) (laughs) You and and Shane probably (laughs) snuck it in. And now these, I think they're going to be set up pretty nice. And and the best part, the seatbelts, are they still orange? Yes, they are orange at Casey's request. Y'all can send your <laughs> questions and comments to that to Casey. I'll give you his email address when you catch me in the field. Yeah. Hey, and, and if anybody can tell me where orange, where why that color is, I'm fond of orange, uh, shoot me a note. Uh, you'll get $100 if you get the right answer. Not you, Chad. You may know. <laughs> hey, I think, is there anything else we want to talk about on trucks? You know, one of the things, too, is, is I've had this question. The uh, With the crude units, we are going with a small sleeper on the crude units. It's, oh, it's right. not going to be like that 15 Freightliner sleeper that's got the itty-bitty sleeper on it. We've gone to the next size up. Uh, you guys call that the 52-inch sleeper, isn't that correct, Gerald? Uh, well, we used to call it a 58. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, we used to call it a 48. Now we call it a 58. We've Peterbilt finally got around to using the same measurement that everyone else in the industry has used for a dozen years. Uh, and that's measuring from the back of the seat 
to the back of the sleeper, where for the longest we would measure from the back of a cab to the back of the sleeper. So, but anybody, any drivers that are out there, they would be familiar with the old, what we would consider the 48 inch flat top or high roof with this is the 58 inch flat top. Okay. So, and you know, so that's what we made the transition with this order of trucks. With our LPG trucks, we went, uh, you know, the current LPG trucks, the uh, 19 model uh, Peterbilts that we have out there, the 389s with the big sleepers, those are kind of the second to the largest sleeper. Uh, the LPG trucks, we went to the next size up, and basically the crude trucks will be the next size down of that sleeper. So if you've got any of them 2019 Peterbilts on your yard, that'll kind of give you an idea of, of the next generation 567 sleepers that we're going to have out there. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah I think it was a good decision to go with that uh, that particular size because what it gave, instead of doing like what we would consider, and you have ran in the past with other OEMs, you people would consider it the coffin sleeper where it's pretty much yeah. just a bed only. Um, this particular one, it gives you a little bit of closet space on either side. So if you do have a, a few overnights or so, you, you've got some, some space there to store some some clothes as well as having a, a nice size bed. So it, it's uh, if you're going to go with a smaller sleeper, it's definitely the, the way to go. Yeah, we're, I think we're, we're pretty excited about getting the trucks. That's going to that's gonna be a nice addition. And, you know, I looked at uh, the age of the fleet, and right now our average age is about a two. 2018 model um so this will this will uh, improve the age of the fleet and um i think it'll be a pretty comfortable truck so hey gerald i really appreciate you joining us today uh any, anything else you'd like to like to tell the guys you got the ears of um i would i would like to say every every driver at enterprise transportation but so far our audience is about uh, 50 or 60 folks but it's growing we're gonna grow <laughs> Yeah. So the only thing I would probably throw out there is um, they can expect, as Chad was talking about earlier, going to the little bit bigger size cab, which will be the industry standard even for Peterbilt in a few years anyway, or a year and a half, is the drivers can expect about three inches more belly room and about six inches more width in the cab, but still keeping that traditional classic look. Um, so it's a lot better creature comforts, a lot more maneuverability when they're walking around inside the cabs and stuff. It's, it's, so it's a, it's really a win-win uh, for you guys. So. All right. Well, Gerald, I appreciate it. Uh, one other thing Casey and I was talking about earlier, and maybe you can shed some light on it, but, uh, any, any kind of possible changes with emissions with the upcoming, upcoming motors. I know we, we've kind of hinted around about it and talked about it, that there may be some changes coming in 2024. Uh, do you have any information on that or anything you'd like to share? Uh, sure. So there's so far, there's been five states in the country that have adopted the 2024 implementation for the new uh, emissions. Everyone else in the country is slated for um, t January of 2027. They'll have to uh, accept the new emissions. And it's actually going to consist of currently trucks have – the DPS system and the SCR systems on them where they do the regens going down the road using the heat generated from the engine itself. And they will do a random regen depending on duty cycle, how, how dirty it's getting. What's happening beginning for those five states uh, in January of 2024 is there will be a, a, a generator that is um, added to the rear of the engine 
At least that's what we're doing on the Packard engine. I believe that is what, what Cummins will finally nail down and do on their engine as well. It's what I'm hearing through the grapevine to where that generator will run your emission system all the time. So you won't get as dirty of a, a filter that has to be cleaned aggressively. It will be a, a small amount more more often. Uh, so that's kind of the biggest change that's coming for January 2024 for Pennsylvania, California, Oregon, I believe Colorado adopted it, as well as Washington State. And then all other states will get that January of 2027. So that's the big one that's happening right now. So that you know, with that emissions control, that's only for trucks registered no states, correct? That is correct. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, and I know that we, is for if they're domiciled in those states. Yeah, I know we run we run several trucks through those states, but uh, you know, so for all you out there, we've got a few years before we have to worry about that because all of our trucks are registered right here in Texas. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, good deal. Yes, Gerald, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate you spending some time with us and uh, Chad. Um, appreciate it. This is a, a neat opportunity. Um, guys, I, I hope, hope you learned something. Again, I, I hope this, uh, you find this useful, um, and I can't uh, stress enough. Send us questions. Uh, the Hammer Lane, the Hammer Lane, all one word, at eprod, E-P-R-O-D, dot com. Gentlemen, thank you all. And, uh, guys, we will see you on the road. Please stay safe. Thanks. This has been a podcast for you, our favorite employee. Stay tuned for more podcasts from Casey and the team. If you would like to submit a question, remember to email them to thehammerlane at eprod.com. Again, that's thehammerlane at eprod.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, do the best you can every day.